If only you believe and keep working at it, one day you will live the life you had always prayed for. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring life experiences. He is a Marine Corps veteran and ISSA master personal trainer. He lost 100 pounds after getting sober and now he is on a mission to help men and veterans become strong again through sobriety. We have with us today Carl Perry, who will be sharing with us his life experiences and what led him to the man he is today. As usual, we hope to motivate, educate, and inspire you. Hello, Kyle, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Hello, thanks for having me. Great. It's a delight. I think quite recently I interviewed one other lady who used to be a veteran, and I'm happy to interview you as well today. So I'm excited for us to talk more about your life experiences in brief who is Kyle where does he come from just the basic stuff before we kick the ball rolling so um, I'm Kyle Perry I own and operate Perry's Powerhouse Fitness I'm from Ohio um, it's uh, the place I live in is in between two major cities so the crime rate's pretty high um, and there's not a lot of jobs here so I, that, my main thing I always try to tell people is you're not a product of your environment you're a product of your mindset because I do have a lot of friends that have either died or went to prison from the environment. But if you just choose to stay away from that, stay in your house and do personal development, you can be whoever you want to be. Great, great, great. I'm totally um, in agreement with you on that. Now, let's move right into the story. What was life like growing up? So my life, my parents tried to keep me out of trouble. So what they did, they moved me to the country because my brother was a five-time felon. So... But as I was sheltered, pretty much, when I turned 18, I kind of went kind of haywire because I was kind of like not allowed to do a lot of things. So it kind of went backwards for him for a little bit. So, I mean, my childhood was pretty, it was normal. I grew up in the country. So back then they didn't have the internet really. So it was pretty boring. And then we finally got dial up where it would take 15 minutes to get onto the internet and you couldn't make any phone calls. So you still couldn't contact anyone. So living in the country is pretty boring now. I'd come back to the city for the summer and stay with my brother because he was older than me. Um, but my childhood, it was pretty basic childhood, nothing crazy. We didn't have a lot of money, and that's kind of what motivated me to do what I'm doing now to improve my life and have a kid, a life for my kids that I never pictured living. So. Great. I think that will lead me to my next question, which is, I think I've read a little bit about your bio. That's it. Um, you came from a bad background and thought living for the Marine Corps would save in, um, in quotes, your life. Take us through that and what instigated the thought of um, joining the Marine? So hanging out with a lot of my friends where I was from, I started doing like getting in trouble when I turned 18. Uh, a lot of my friends were either overdosing from drugs or they were getting in trouble and going to prison. And I was, I was getting in a lot of fights, so I just decided I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, so I left for the Marine Corps. But if, what I try to tell people, if you don't internalize the change, the change will never happen. It doesn't matter if you change your environment. You have to internalize your change at hand. So I went to the Marine Corps. But then I would hang out with like-minded people because a lot of people leave for the Marine Corps to stay out of trouble. But those same kind of people you relate to, so then you hang out with them, and you know, you, before you know, you're getting in trouble in the military as well. Um, because when you're not deployed or anything, you have a lot of free time. There's a lot of alcohol involved because of what it is like. The Marine Corps brags about being found in a bar, so every celebration is with alcohol. So then you drink a lot, and that's kind of where I started drinking when I got out, just because you drink when you're stressed, you drink. 
to have fun, you drink to celebrate, you drink during every event. So I just kept drinking. But I wasn't PTing as much, obviously, as I was in the military. And that's where I developed into the corporate world. And that's where I gained all my weight because I was drinking and just celebrating all the time, not really taking fitness as serious like I should. So would you say joining the Marine helped your life in any way? I think it helped my life because it did get me away from my environment, at least. And a lot of my friends um, are in pretty dark places. Um, Cause like the last year and a half, I started taking it really serious as far as like not getting in trouble. I finally, I had my daughter and then I kind of started developing and taking school. That's where I got some of my certifications. I lost my way a little bit when I got back, but um, I, it definitely helped. It's free education. It got my family really good insurance and it helped me build the baseline of how I got my corporate job. Even though I drank a lot, I had a really successful career outside of the military until I opened up my uh, mindset, fitness and nutrition, personal development business. Um, now I do that full time, but I, I climbed the ranks pretty high in the corporate world. And I owe all that to the military. It taught me the structure to be able to get there. Wow. Was that, so what made you leave the Marine? Um, did something happen or it was just a personal decision saying you've had enough, you want something different? So you, you sign four year contracts and um, you don't make a lot of money in the military. Like I when, when I left, I was working 15 hour days, 14 hour days, and I was only bringing home like a thousand to eleven hundred dollars every two weeks. If you average out that, you're making minimum wage and you get treated really poorly. Um, and it's just a lot of hours and it's a lot of wear and tear on your family for not a lot of money. So I decided to take the experience because I did accounting in the Marine Corps and turn it into the corporate world because even if I worked a lot of hours, I could finally make the money to support my family better. So I just used the four years of experience and then I moved on to the like the corporate side of things. Great. Okay, so I believe that is what led you to choose the path you're on today. And I, when I read your bio, one thing I also noticed was you talked more about masculinity. Why is that the focus for you? So the thing I don't like about society today is they try to put men and women against each other. But what we need to do is build strong men that then come and find a strong woman because you need both. Like my wife is my best friend and I play the, the, the man role and she plays the female role. Not like I don't have to talk down to her to be masculine. I think like we they're putting a bad rap on masculinity, but instead we need to focus on if you have if you have a strong man as a leader, your your wife could be just as strong and lead the family together. Because without a strong man, he can't lead his wife's kids. And then that's why we have this divide in the world. Like my that, like that's what my opinion is. So if we if we stop saying masculinity is toxic and saying that weak masculinity is toxic and that the men because the men that are that are lacking masculinity are the ones that treat women. The ones that don't have enough confidence in themselves is the one that treats the world badly. The real masculine men that actually have pride in the country that they live in, they have pride in the world around them. They don't treat the people around them poorly because they hold high value to how people look. I totally agree with you. For me, I'd always say that if you know your value, you don't need to emphasize it all the time because then people know who you are. So if you know that, that you're a real man, you don't have to keep repeating it to people all the time. I'm a man and a man just for you to get that um, respect you require. But at this point, as we, we've raised this point, what can be done? What are your suggestions that can be done to, um, well, I say, bridge the gap between real masculine men and those who impose their status on people? I don't know if I've said I've answered my question right. 
I've asked so the question. Yeah. What I tell my clients, or if I tell anyone that's kind of like looking to get more guidance and needs a mentor, everything starts with the baseline of building discipline with the way, because the only two things you can control in your entire life that the outside world cannot attribute to is how you react to situations, so your mindset, and how you treat your body with food and fitness. Those two things, nobody else can control those for you. So if you can control those two things in your life and build discipline around those, you will become a better person at hand altogether. And um, you'll find your true purpose, whether you're religious or not. There's a universe out there that's huge. And if you put good energy out into the universe, the universe is going to give it back to you, whether it be you hold a door open for someone and you smile or you shut the door and you give them a dirty look. That little situation right there can affect a hundred more lives because that person that you smiled or, smiled or did something inappropriate to is going to affect a hundred more people a day with the attitude you help create. So if you just put good into the world and you focus on discipline in your life so you can treat others better, your whole world will improve. It's all up here. Great. I totally agree with you. Do unto others what you want them to do back to you. And that is exactly what you have just said now. And I totally agree with that. How has the journey been so far? Any highlights of this journey you would like to share with us? So if you go down a personal development journey, it is going to be extremely lonely because what's going to happen is the people you hang out with currently aren't going to feel like they're capable to hang out with you. And you're still not to the level where you improved enough to go to the people above you. So there's going to be a very lonely road for a while as you improve. And you're going to feel like you want to go back and hang out with those people that aren't good for you. Because they're going to try to make you feel bad. But anyone that tries to make you feel bad for improving your life is not your real friend. Anyone that's like, it's one more drink or you need to just do this or you need to do that. Even if they're family members, they don't actually have deep love for you and concern for you. If they're trying to talk you out of the improvements you're doing in your life. Um, a lot of my friends tried to talk me out of the things I was doing. They tried to get me to go to the bar still. They tried to get me to do all these things. And then I just realized one day, like, they don't actually have real love for me. And, uh, I've even distanced, distanced myself from a lot of my family because as soon as I would walk in the room, that they would do the, oh, you've lost too much weight, you look skinny, or oh, you like you cuss too much, that, that's, that's not going to work for you. But my mission, I get hundreds of messages a week on how I'm helping people change their lives, and that's the bigger mission. So when somebody says something negative to me, I just disregard it, and if they can't put positivity into my life, then I'm not going to waste my time putting any energy into theirs. It's a very lonely road until you find people that actually support you. I totally agree with you. And it looks like I'm saying I totally agree with you with everything you say. But this particular one, I more than 100% agree with you because personally I've experienced it. And I think um, this week I'd read a post on, I'm not too sure why I saw the post, but it said something similar that anytime you try to improve your life or get better, it's going to be very, very lonely because there are going to be a lot of people who are not going to agree with your new style of doing things. But then you have to know that you're making the right decision when you are alone. Yeah, you just yeah. have to look at it like you were there where they were at at one point and you wouldn't have understood someone talking about what you're talking about now either. Until you're actually ready for that next level up and that next personal development and the next mindset, it's not going to make any sense to you. Because, like, I remember I have a mentor and I paid for my mentor to, like, help me out. Like, I remember years ago when I was younger and I was like, that's so lame to say you have a mentor. And now I'm saying, like, hey, you need a mentor. Like, it's like unless you're ready in that moment to actually utilize the change, it doesn't it doesn't make sense internally, which you just have to be ready for the change at ultimately. Yeah. What does someone need to do to become sober? 
Um, it goes back. Everything goes back to mindset. You have to tell yourself you wanted it enough to go through, like we talked about the loneliness, to go through the the pains and emotions that you are no longer numbing. Um, so there's, I'm not a doctor, but if you go to, I've never went to any AA, but I do go to this podcast sometimes and they talk about, there's this thing in your brain that happens when you take too many drugs or too many alcohols called neuroplasticity. And what it is, is your brain rewires itself to only feel normal when you're doing those drugs or the alcohol. So it's going to feel like a very uncomfortable situation. And uh, a topic that a lot of people don't talk about nowadays is, there's more addicts than we want to admit because they might not be an addict to alcohol, but they eat their emotions through food. And we try to act like it's not as bad, but it's killing all every country that anyone lives in. One of the highest rate of deaths is obesity because we're all looking for something and we can't figure out what it is. But none of us treat our body like we're supposed to. We're supposed to move more, find food. And use our bodies to just like when we're if you feel like anxious or depressed, you need to like drop down, do some push-ups, go do a physical activity because that's your body telling you you're not you're not doing something right and it needs a change. And instead, we go to the doctors, which there's nothing against doctors, but if you try to force a pill down your throat first before you've even changed your diet or the way you're living life, it's not going to fix it all the way. That's why when you see people that are on like 17 different medications. Because they're not trying to fix the root, root cause, they're trying to mask it. And that's two different things. Well, that brings me back to um, my next question. I'm not too sure if you've answered it fully, but if you'd like to add more, that would be great. And that is, can food become an addiction? And how can one break from this addiction? Food can. I think food is the biggest addiction on the world that nobody talks about. So if you're eating because you're bored, or if you're eating because you're – like a lot of people will have a really bad – day at work if you notice like they'll have a diet and they'll ruin the diet because they had a bad day your your subconscious mind and your emotions should not affect how you eat like that in and of itself is the definition of an addiction you're trying to numb the emotions you're going through with some kind of substance you might not get high from the food but you do get a euphoric feeling when you go and eat over abundance of food just to make yourself feel better and i used to fall victim to this too because i would do a diet and then like i'm like oh me and my wife had a bad day today so then I would like blow my diet. But like if you look at it, like if you, if you could take yourself out of your body and watch your life and see that you're sabotaging yourself just because of how somebody else treated you, you would realize that that was an addictive personality you had and you used food to fix your emotions. Um, and that's why there's so many people dying of a heart attack. Like I, I watched someone in person. He was a truck driver. He was only 40 years old. I watched him have a heart attack and he passed away. And uh, the paramedics tried to save him. And that was like a few years ago I seen that in person. And in my head all I could think about, like, that dude was so young. But, like, when they opened his truck up, like, a bunch of, like, Mountain Dews fell out, and, like, a bunch of energy drinks, and, like, there was food wrappers everywhere. Your body can only be mistreated for so long. Like, you might – even if you look healthy on the outside, that doesn't mean you're not wreaking havoc on your insides. Wow. I'm taking something away with me today. I believe that our audience will as well. Um knowing that food is the biggest addition in the world today. I, I had no idea of that. I think the first time I, I heard of paracetamol also being not to, I don't want to talk too much about that because, but that was also something I hear people used to abuse a lot. Um, and I was shocked because sometimes the little things you don't think of when we abuse them can be the things that takes our life out very, very quickly. So 
Um, this is something to take away and I believe our audience will be taking a lot away as well. If you have any questions for Kyle, please, this is the time to leave it for me and I'll be reading it out to him very soon. I think we have talked about masculinities. I'm not going to go there again. My next one will be what is the best diet to follow? So the best diet to follow is going to be a macro-based diet, which is like you track your fats, carbs, and proteins and your overall calories. You don't want to get to the point, unless you're like super advanced to where you're like, I'm going to only eat this food group. I'm only going to eat this food group. I'm going to fast right now. I'm going to do all this. You need to just start slowly. So the first thing I tell people is don't change anything about their diet. Download a food log. Track your food for a week. See how many calories you're at. And then what you want to do is there's tons of websites you can just Google. What should I eat at my weight? Or what should my calories be to lose fat? Type it in and then see what the calculator tells you. It might tell you you need to eat 2,000 calories, but you just logged your food for a week and you were eating 3,500 calories, which every 3,500 calories over your maintenance is one pound of fat. So if you eat 500 calories over your maintenance Monday through Sunday, you will gain one pound of fat a week for the rest of your life. So before you know it, in one year, you've gained 52 pounds, and it comes up so slowly that you don't notice it in the mirror because it's so slow. Before you know it, you're 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight, and then you finally realize, like, wow, I don't feel the greatest. And then you start to internalize, like, I don't have a lot of energy, and I don't have this, and it's just the way you were treating your body. But so many people get hyper-focused in their life that it's hard to realize it's even happening. Same thing happened with me, and I've been certified for a long time. I got so developed into the corporate world, I didn't even realize because I was still working out. So I was like, oh, I'm just balking. And then I saw a video of me and I was like, I look horrible. Like I just like my face looked like really like oily and just like I just I just didn't look healthy at all. Wow. Kyle, let's go on. How were you able to lose weight? Was it difficult? Did it take longer? Because we hear this all the time that that losing weight is a long process. And sometimes we lose interest in even trying how did you do it and what inspired you so this the day that i realized i wanted to make a change i talked about this on i actually forgot about this until this guy had brought it up on this other podcast i was on he was like you can realize so much about your life if you just take a 45 minute walk in nature and like it struck a memory in my head i'm like you know what the craziest part about all this is is i was in california like this part of california i was in is like super beautiful nature I was walking with, uh, I used to have a corporate job. I was walking with this finance lady and we were talking. I was like, I want to get back into fitness and I want to open back my business. And I want to be the best personal trainer and the biggest motivational speaker on the internet. And I was like, I'm going to start today. And um, I realized that as I was like walking through nature and like just the feeling I got. So you, if you want to lose weight, you have to find a purpose and you have to stay on that mission. So if it, you can't be like, oh, I want to get in shape for this wedding or, oh, I want to get in shape for uh, my cousin's birthday party because we're going to the beach or I want to get ready for this vacation that we're going on. It'll never work because what you're going to do is I've had clients do this. Like I need to lose 20 pounds. I actually stopped accepting clients like this unless they're ready to make the change fully. I'll get them to lose the 30 pounds they want. They go on that vacation. They gain 15 of it back from water weight, the foods they ate, and they think it's all fat gain, and then they'll just throw it all away. Um, so you can't make it a short-term goal. If you want to lose 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 300 pounds, who cares if you lose it in one year, two years, three years, or four years because you're still, every day you wake up, every week you wake up, 
a better version of yourself. Even if you only lost a half a pound every single week, you're still better and healthier than the week before. And then the next week, you're a little bit better and a little bit healthier. If you give up because you're not losing it fast enough, you revert and you go back. Sometimes you become unhealthier because they diet so hard for a week or two weeks or three weeks that when they stop the diet, they put on more weight because they miss those foods. So you have to just realize it's going to anything – if it took you 10 years to put all that weight on, you don't need to strip it off in six weeks, eight weeks, 10, 10 weeks, the 30-day ab challenge. You don't need any of that because it took you 10 years to put that on. You don't need to think you need to take it off in two weeks because it's just not possible. And as soon as you fail and miss a workout or as soon as you fail and you don't lose the weight you want, you fall off the bandwagon and you never see the results. But small results are better than no results. I totally agree with you. And um, my next question is, it has, it has just um, popped up in my mind. I want to ask you, I know people use medication to lose weight very quickly. And I know somebody who's done that and had suggested that I do the same as well. And sometimes they'll say, oh, um, the drug is um, organic because they use natural substances to put them together. So it's safe. What would you say about that? Do you think losing weight naturally through exercise, your dieting and all is much better than going on the fast track to get there? Yes, I, I think supplements can play a part. But what people don't realize is like supplements are there to supplement your diet. They're not there to do the work for you. So like they're there to aid in it if you need it. But without the proper nutrition and the diet, you'll never realize how to keep it off for the rest of your life. One thing that I really don't like in society, like I'll have a client like my aunt lost 40 pounds of keto. So I want you to put me on keto. I'm like, did your, did your aunt gain the weight back? And they're like, well, she's gaining some of it back. I'm like, okay, so it didn't work. You, you see the grand scheme of things and you hear that she lost 40 pounds, but you don't hear it in your head that she gained 25 of it back. So she cut out a whole food group to really only lose 15 pounds over the last year and a half. When you can lose that way quicker, way faster, and an, an approachable, uh, easy approach that you can stay on for the rest of your life, and you don't have to cut any food groups out. There's a popular uh, weight loss pill right now, but most people lose the weight really fast. But as soon as you come off of it, they gain the weight back. And then they're like, well, I want that pill again because it worked. But it didn't work because you gained it back. And that means you have that to look at it from like the year time frame, the two year time frame. Like, did you gain it back or not? Because if you did, then that diet never worked. For you. It helped you lose weight, but then you gained it back. So the diet never worked. Probably a way to keep people on the pill for a very long time and a way for manufacturers to make money, I guess. So you have to stay on it longer. And I don't know, but I'm beginning to think the longer you stay on it, will definitely have some uh, long term side effects as well. I may be wrong, but. I agree with you. There's things out there now that are like, well, there's no side effects, but anything you ingest into your body, water, anything has some sort of side effect. It's like if you drink too much water, you can drown. Like if you eat too much food, you can throw up. Like there's like just because it's not going to kill you doesn't mean it's not doing something to your body to do. We, they haven't been out long enough to know. That's the same thing you see like 10 years from now. Like, did you take this pill? If so, you might be entitled to such and such because they don't know you. Just because you are into health and all those things, fitness and all, what will your one top advice be to anybody who is looking forward to living a healthy life? My top advice would be find the food you love and a healthier option. So let's say you go and eat fast food every morning. The best way to start a healthier life is Make that same food at home with higher protein, and it will taste 95% as good. You'll save money, 
you'll feel better and you'll feel fuller longer. If anyone notices once they eat fast food, you feel hungry again in like two to three hours because it's not filled with enough proper nutrients to actually fuel your body. Especially if you eat like Chinese food. If you guys ever notice if you ever eat Chinese food, like an hour later, you're hungry again because it's very fast digesting foods, but it's not going to keep you full long enough, but it has like a thousand calories in it. So then uh, before you know, you're eating too much food again. Wow. That thing you brought out about Chinese food, I've noticed it a lot. Somebody had said, I think we had had a debate about it once. And one lady had said, one lady who is a nurse had said that she's head that they put formaldehyde in, in there. So the formaldehyde is what makes it taste really, really sweet and nice and wants you to keep going for it. But in the end, you feel very blotted as you're eating it. You feel really, really full. The moment you walk out of the door and take a few steps out, you see that you're very hungry again. And I've noticed it too many times. I don't know what they do to it, but then that, that is something. How can we live life to the best uh, worry-free? I think if you want to live worry-free, I think you need to find your purpose. I think it sounds cliche, but if you actually find a purpose in life and you actually enjoy your life, everything can unlock with personal development. It's like personal development is the key to unlock every door in your life that has been locked the entire time you've been alive. Um, I used to like, I remember I used to look at power manifestation. I used to look at all these things and I would say some of the same things that I see other people say on my videos. Like it doesn't work like that. It doesn't do that. But then I started like internalizing. Once you put that negative energy into a comment, you're already setting yourself up for failure by saying it doesn't work. If you tell yourself it doesn't work, it's not going to work. Um, people will come on my, I've actually converted people that come and they comment on my stuff, something negative, And I message them. I'm like, if you would stop saying negative things on the internet, I guarantee you within three weeks, your life would change. And then sometimes they sign up with me because they're like, I am a very negative person. I don't know why I came to your video and commented something negative, but like I tell people all the time, like if I can make a video that is so strong that it changes your emotional state that you message me and tell me I'm an idiot. I did my job because that's a superpower to be able to change someone's emotions over the internet. And that's what we need to do is more people need to tell their stories and find their purpose so you can help other people. I'm not saying you have to be an online coach, but there's more purpose in life than just going to work, coming home and watching TV. And that's why we feel so off because we're not living a life of purpose. I totally agree with you. And that bit about the messages we get on the internet, I get them all the time. At a point, I used to tell my husband that I sent, I put a post out there and somebody came to write something nasty. I just spoke my mind. I would say that. And he said, don't do that. Just if you can't say anything to them, just ignore them or block them. But then I've realized, just like you just said, people are going through a lot lately in the world. And sometimes most of them prefer to vent on social media when they even see something nice instead of appreciating it, supporting it, or rather say something awful. But I totally agree with the way you're going and probably going forward, I would adapt that move as well. But um, we're coming to the end of today's episode. Is there anything you'd like to say, your final message to our listeners as we wrap up? If anybody wants to make a real change in life, they have to start right now. Like if you listen to this and you're like, I think I do need a change. Pack your lunch for tomorrow so that way you don't wake up with an excuse that you're too tired to start tomorrow. You need to start right now when you're in your feelings, when you're, you know you need to change, when you feel like you need to quit drinking, 
you need to pour the alcohol out right now, or if you need to get off drugs, you need to flush them down the toilet right now. Because when you're motivated to do it is the best time for success. Because if you wait till tomorrow and you're tired, you're going to be like, I don't want to pack my lunch. I'm just going to go eat that. So the best thing you could ever do in life, and if you want to change, is you just have to start. I know it sounds cliche, and most of the same people repeat the same things, but it's because we figured it out and it's true. We repeat the same things because it's not because we're quoting ourselves. We're quoting something as a higher power, and we're all on we're all on the same wavelength. So once you get to this point in life and you can help other people, you'll realize the small things make sense. Wow. I'd like to say a massive thank you, Carl, for coming on podcast with Sheila today. Personally, I've learned a lot, especially about food. And I've also learned that we have to take our um, personal lifestyle very seriously. Be, be conscious of the things we put inside our bodies because they will definitely have an effect on our bodies as well. I think I've learned a lot. I believe our guests have learned a lot. I've, I keep checking to see if anything has been left for us. It's just the laughs I see and people, a lot of people trying to join in the conversation. Maybe we'll think of another way of pe bringing people on in a way as not to distract the recording. But for now, we are going to leave it as it is. We would like to say again, a massive thank you for coming on podcast with Sheila today, Kyle, for your time. Thanks for having me. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 91 of our podcast series, where we bring seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Our prayer for you this week is that you live the best of your life worry-free. Together, we'll make the world a better place. Until we meet again, have a brilliant